So hello and welcome to episode 8 of Square Talks. My name is Richard Barnett and today we're going to dive into the subject of charity and how Freemasons have been supporting the community through assistance to local charities and good causes. So who else should we turn to but the chairman of the Leicestershire and Rutland Masonic Charitable Association, Phil Caswell. Welcome to the podcast, Phil. Good morning, Richard, and welcome to you. Thank you for inviting me along. I'm delighted to be here. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. But before we get started and delve into the side of charity, just tell me a bit more about your role within the province. Yeah, um, well, since 2017, um, I uh, have been chairman of the Leicestershire and Rutland Masonic Charity Association, having taken over from uh, the very big boots of uh, Worshipful Brother John Peverdy. Big boots indeed, but that's probably a whole, whole other topic and conversation and podcast, of which Definitely. I'll invite John. So outside of this role, what else occupies your Masonic time? You know, what lodges are you in? What other roles do you do? Well, I'm in, in a number of lodges as well as side orders. So, for example, I'm uh, director of ceremonies in the Lodge of Gratitude, which is my mother lodge. Junior warden in Tudor Rose Lodge, which is the uh, military lodge for the province, having transferred here from Warwickshire. I'm the charity steward in the Derek Buswell Lodge of Provincial Grand Stewards. And I'm active in Chapter, Mark, Royal Ark Mariners, Knights Templar, Allied Masonic and uh, Red Cross of Constantine. And we cross paths in some of those, don't we? So uh, I, I know very well what your Masonic CV consists of for some of those, but others, hmm, interesting. Yes. Now, the charity office, I, I'm in Freemasons Hall quite a lot, and the charity office is always a hive of activity. Can you explain a bit more about the Leicestershire and Rutland Masonic Charity Association is and what it does? Well, first of all, in terms of the charity office itself, normal times were open two days a week. Um, and uh, we have the team in there of myself, Kate, our administrator, who replaced Maureen, who many people will know. Uh, Maureen left at the end of the year. Ian Nesbitt, uh, the provincial charity steward, and David Hyten, the provincial grand almoner. Now, primarily, the, 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 the central function of the charity office is to administer and run the Leicester and Masonic Charity Association, so deal with the payments, cut stuff, work, money coming in, as well as gift aid claims, sorting out our distribution of grants to local charities, as well as helping to manage and administer the festival. Now, we give out very large sums of money um, several times a year, well, three or four times a year, I think I'm writing, saying, to local charities. Where does this money come from? Well, you're right. First of all, yeah, we do give out large sums of money. We've recently uh, given grants of just over £35,000 to around 20 local charities. We did that in the last few weeks. And that takes up our giving uh, to just over £90,000 for our financial year, which finishes at the end of this month. Our income is derived mainly from subscriptions from brethren across the province. And we ask that every brother um, in Leicestershire and Rutland um, donates at least £20 a year, which with gift aid can turn it into... £25 a year and gift aid is always an important part of our income. That gives us around seventy pounds to £80,000 plus some gift aid to local charities. So as we all know we're in this lockdown period at the moment where, where we're not at lodge, we're not out um, doing raffles, we're not out collecting money from person to person but we're still doing charitable giving. So what effect is the lockdown having on the LRMCA? Well, first of all, it caused us to look at the way we work and, and enable the team to work from home. Primarily as well, we've seen around a 15 to 20% drop in our income, certainly in the first few months of this lockdown. And that's perfectly understandable because 
this time of year, many lodge stewards, charity stewards, are working with their brethren to gather in donations and tidy things up towards the end of the year. And we're just not seeing the benefit of that. So we think we'll, that will catch up possibly later in the year when we start to get back, uh, back together and start meeting in some way, shape or form. What are your ambitions in regard to charity in the province in the next couple of years? What, what do you want to achieve? And obviously we need to get things kick-started again. What are your plans? Well, first of all, um, ambitions, I would love to see, and I think we will see, the festival hit its target. Um, £1.8 million by 2022. Um, inevitably, um, you know, as I said, financial circumstances, people change. That's had an effect. So and that's one of our, our primary aims is to support the festival and support the success of the festival and the work of the Masonic Charitable Foundation. Aside from that, I want to, I've got an ambition to see 100% of brethren across the province uh, become subscribing members to the Leicestershire and Rutland Masonic Charity Association. As I mentioned, £20 a year, 25 when we include gift aid, goes an awful long way. The 20 plus charities that we just recently gave grants to work with tens of thousands of people in our local community across Leicester, Leicestershire and Rutland doing great work and supporting them, particularly at these difficult times. And for me, I think that this is an opportunity for us to show Freemasonry as the undoubted force for good that it is. And so my ambition and driving ambition whilst I remain in this role is to drive up the number of subscribing members, generate more income to enable us, us to do more good across our community. And you mentioned the charities and no doubt many people listening to this will either be involved in a charity, know of a good charity, or maybe they've been contacted themselves. What's the best way for for our members and, and for charities alike to get in touch with the office to see if there's anything that we can do to help them? It, the first instance would be just to speak to us informally to see you know, what is available and what the situation is in terms of our yearly grant giving cycle and to seek some guidance. But in simple terms, um, if we're going to give to a charity, it must be a registered charity. So that's the first thing that people can have a look at. If the cause that you're looking for us to support is a registered charity, then that's step one. If it isn't, then unfortunately we're not able to support it. And that's to do with the charitable aims under which we've been set and which ensures that you know, we can have due um, diligence over the monies that we receive as well as the gift aid claims and all the legal aspects that link to that. The next bit I would suggest is to speak with your lodge charity steward to see what plans there are within the lodge um, for donations um, whether it be to the festival to the RMCA or indeed to a local charity. But as I say you can contact us for some initial guidance and advice which is free uh, and we can take it from there. Now you mentioned the role of lodge charity stewards. Many people listening to this might well be new and they may have been introduced to the aspect of charity, may well have been introduced to their lodge charity steward. What is the role of the lodge charity steward? What do you see them doing to be able to help you in your aims of wanting to ensure that we're getting many or most, or if not all of our members contributing to charity? I see the, the first of all, the, the, the lodge charity stewards, I see as the link between the charity office, the charity team and the lodge itself. So that they're aware of what the province are trying to achieve and um, transmitting that through to the brethren within the lodge in their reports, whether it be in, in the second or third rising. But also at the same time, encouraging and supporting the brethren and enabling them to give in the best way possible, but also understanding the individual circumstances of the people concerned so that they can actually have a coordinated approach and ensure that within a lodge, 
there is almost like a strategy for charity fundraising that ensures that every pound generates maximum value through the LRMCA, the festival or indeed local charities. You mentioned the criteria of charities and local causes and the fact they need to be a registered charity. How do you prioritise who gets what? Um, well, we do prioritise, um, and that will generally be to do with, uh, first of all, the um, amount of income and the reserves that a charity has. If it's a registered charity, we're able to go onto the Charity Commission website and look at the finances of the charity. And we have in the past turned down requests for charities that have substantial amounts of money on reserve, but they're not spending anywhere near what their income is. So they don't necessarily need our money. We can then go from there to look at what that need is. So, for example, is it a care or community need? Is it supporting older people, supporting younger people? Because we generally fall into a number, of character, uh, a, a number of areas. So I'll give you an example. Over the course of the last few years, we've given to quite a number of different youth groups. Um, whether that be scouting, youth clubs or air cadets and the like. We also give quite a lot of uh, support to community groups. So classic one that we, we do quite regularly because they're right across the county is community transport hubs that enable people from all sectors of the community to get out and access to local support services. And then we have other uh, charities that are linked to poverty or linked to homelessness. So for example, Bridge, a homeless charity in Leicester, there's one in Loughborough as well. We look at Fair Share as a food bank cooperative so those are the sort of things we're looking to support then beyond that we're asking ourselves well have we donated to this charity within the last two years and if we have in the main we most probably are unlikely to um, support that charity at this time doesn't it preclude it from being supported at some point in the future and indeed there are charities that we do support every three to four years so primarily registered charity working in Leicestershire and Rutland and hasn't had support in the last couple of years. Do you think that we shout loud enough about the good work that we do within the local communities, you know, press releases and that type of thing? Historically, I don't think we have, but I think in recent times, particularly under the guidance of your predecessor, uh, Brother Andy Green, uh, and yourselves, I think we're getting great coverage. And, um, uh, and, and people are getting to understand that uh, what we're doing is a great thing. And particularly, you know, through our presentation mornings that we've done recently, where we get the opportunity for charities to come in and see the breadth of the work that we do, because they might only see the narrow aspect of their particular cause, but they get to see other charities that are coming in and, and, and see the, the breadth of that. And then, they, you know, as it happens, I think, you know, the best advertising is word of mouth. And the more people that are talking about us, the, you know, the more we're out there. So uh, I think um, we, we do shout loud. It's sometimes difficult to get heard, but the message is getting through. And you mentioned the festival earlier, and in a previous podcast we had on Dale Page, who's obviously our festival chairman. So how do the LRMCA and the MCF work together? And, and also on that, I mean, how do you and Dale work together? And as a subsequent question, not to fire all of you at once, but you know, I see a close relationship between yourself the, with, with Dale and the festival, the MCF, and also the Almoner. So how does everybody work together? Well, at the, at the top of this, I think it's best to say is the charity office through the LRMCA raises the money and the almoner spends it. That's the, yeah, the, in terms of supporting and looking at, he, he also helps us with the looking at grants, but supporting brethren and their families. Start at the top there with the question, first of all, Dale and I, Dale as, as chairman of the festival and I'm vice chair. So I help it administer and run some of the performance data that comes in that we get every month from the Sonic Charitable Foundation. Uh, we're both linked in very closely with the, uh, with the MCF. 
both with the relief chess team and the fundraising team um, so we can get our queries answered. And in, in overall terms, what we're trying to do is to find ways through the LRMCA to support the festival. The festival is very important, not just to this province, but to the country as a whole. Every penny that's coming in now is being spent. It's not being, we're not waiting until 2022 to distribute that money. The MCF are using that money now. They're using that money in support of COVID-related grants. So that is it for us is important that we work hard. And we've done some initiatives, for example, in our recent, in the past 12, 18 months, we've just done some matched funding where if a lodge wanted to donate money to a local charity what we would do within the LRMCA is we would support that charity uh, providing the lodge supported the festival in a representative amount and um, that seemed quite a, a quite a, a substantial amount of income certainly you know just off the top of my head 35 to 40 thousand pounds has come in to the festival as a result of that we're not able to continue with that at the moment, but certainly it's been able to give it as a good boost um, for it. And, and as well, within the charity office, at its simplest level, it, we have a couple of members of the team, Rob Mason and Michael Potter, who assist with counting the Smarties, uh, Smarties money, should I say, not the Smarties. And uh, I can tell you now, because I've done it myself, £600 of 20p's is quite an exercise in getting from the car and into the bank. But uh, we also administer and help run some of those details. Tell me about the Smarties, because we're going to have people listening that perhaps haven't seen the Smarties or heard of them. And I've got visions now of the likes of Michael Potter counting Smarties, which I need to get out of my head. Yeah, um, yeah. How, how does that work then? When you say Smarties, what does it mean? Uh, well, the great idea from the previous festival, uh, which John Pebbly brought in, he raised over, I think, £40,000. In essence, it's as simple as this. You receive a tube full of Smarties, you eat the Smarties and replace them with 20p pieces and, and a smarty tube will hold around 12 pounds 60 they can also hold pound coins so and that's about 30 quid but um 12 pounds 60 in, in 20ps so and that can be gift aided so they will come in so filled smarty tubes regularly arrive into the charity office count them out bank them send it off to the other uh, to the masonic charitable foundation uh, and away it goes now based on uh, some of the brethren, um, I do worry about their blood sugar levels because they've been tremendously successful in sending it through to us uh, and what there's and what there's and there are some other brethren who take the smarties and eat them and we haven't seen the tubes again. But hey, you know it's it's voluntary; it's not compulsory. Well, I've got kids. I always genuinely I bring them home for the kids, but quite often they don't make it that far. The 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 money that people give to the LRMCA generally stays within and around Leicestershire and Rutland. Now the MCF and certainly the festival, so if I was to give £10 to the festival, would that come back to Leicestershire and Rutland in some way, shape or form? It does. In broad terms, for every pound that we as a province raise, £2 is coming back in forms of support, whether that be at Devonshire Court, support to brethren and their families or widows, or indeed support to local charities. And if you look at the numbers, um, it's quite astounding the amount of uh, support that the Masonic Charitable Foundation gives in and around Leicestershire. Because we're not one of the bigger provinces, we get that benefit. And if you look over the life cycle of a festival, bearing in mind this festival culminates in 2022, there won't be another festival for 10 years. So if you were to look at the 10 years between 
2012 and 2022, you'll see that the money we raised back then has more than been duplicated by the, the Masonic Charitable Foundation coming back. So absolutely, you know, that we see that. But I think as well, on a broader uh, basis around the world, when you've seen, you know, disasters in the Philippines or in the Caribbean or whatever it might be, the Masonic Charitable Foundation will be there very quickly. When COVID-19 first raised its head, very quickly, the uh, Masonic Charitable Foundation, in combination with UGLE, launched an appeal and indeed a fund to provide support to great causes. Million pounds to the NHS, each region getting around £100,000, and we as a province, £16,000 to distribute to local causes, helping, for example, to create masks and scrubs and to support providing meals for homeless, for food banks and the like. So, you know, the Sonic Charitable Foundation, if you wanted a charity of choice, that should be your charity because it does work in every sector, day in, day out. There really is some tremendous work going on. But if I could um, if I could ask you, if you could leave one final message to our members and anyone else that's listening, what would it be? In terms of the members, this, this is almost a bit of a tongue-in-cheek one, but um, I, I'm, I think I'm quite fortunate that I'm a reasonably low-profile sort of guy. Um, whilst obviously people will know me within my lodges because I am, and, and whatever orders I'm in, because I'm quite active. But outside of that, I can often be visiting or indeed uh, you know, go, going to other places and meeting brethren and they won't necessarily know who I am and so the topic of charity will come up and in it a question will be asked and it will be something along these lines why am I always being asked for money and and it's sometimes done in a light-hearted way or sometimes done in a critical way and I get it I do get the fact that we do ask for money and I've given this a lot of thought, and it's something I know you and I, Richard, and, and, and other people discussed. And I th I've thought about this, and I thought, well, first of all, please don't be offended if I ask. But the reality is we, in terms of our charitable fundraising, we don't, we're not out there doing sponsored events and shaking tins. This is coming from our own resources um, and then coming out of our own pockets. And if there's one given in Freemasonry, and particularly in terms of Masonic giving, is that you know, the sad truth is that when you ask and you launch an appeal, 30% of brethren will give immediately uh, and without pause. Another 30% or so will give on questioning or being asked or, or, or on some cajoling. And around a 30% or around a third don't give or will give extremely reluctantly. And the reality is this, if we didn't ask, our, our ability to make a change and to make a difference in and around our community would be severely restricted. So like I said, please don't be offended if I ask. And I won't be offended if you decline. I will be delighted if you do make a donation. Phil, thank you well very much for the valuable insights into the charity office and, and the workings which goes on in there. You all do some amazing work for which we are all extremely grateful. But we have to leave it there. Our time is up. So thank you for your time. And I look forward to the next time that we can meet up again. Thanks, Phil. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. And thank you. And, and brethren, I wish you and your families all the very best. And I look forward to the time when we can raise a glass in person rather than virtually. <laughs>